Welcome to Keeping It Real's podcast, where we believe in real hope, real love, and a real God. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. The 25th, ladies, uh, we have uh, Linda Tiarina. Everybody knows Pastor Tiarina and all the times he's preached for us. And my wife is saying, pump it up, pump it up. Tell him behind every great man of God, there's a great woman of God. And so, okay, there, behind Pastor Tiarina's greatness is his great wife. And so she's going to be here the 25th. And I ain't kick. I believe that too, man. I couldn't be, I couldn't do what I'm doing if it wasn't for my wife. I believe that. But uh, the 25th, Tuesday, so that's two and, and one month, you know, she conquers. And it's going to be right here. Ladies, don't miss it. It's always good, good time of fellowship and good ministry, and it'll really bless your life. So mark that down. And so uh, it'll really bless you. Man, we got we to gotta step up and catch up with these women. You know, they got it going on. We got to do our thing too. So it's going to happen. Anyway, and then Wednesday, we have our midweek service this coming Wednesday. Don't forget, come. Wednesday service is always special. It is what it is. That's the best way I can explain it, you know, and it's just a different dynamic. We, we have our service out there in the, in the fellowship hall. It's packed out. I like it when it's crowded. Reggie says we, we're not moving our Wednesday service back here until it's standing room only, you know. And people, I love that feel. I, I miss that, you know. I liked it when we were in a storefront. Believe me, I, I don't know. People used to mock storefront churches, man. That was the, I mean... And then we got cute and moved here, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it was kind of radical, you know what I mean, and, and barbaric, you know, and, and with black folding chairs. And it was just wild. I like that kind of stuff when it comes to living for God. I don't want to be uh, domesticated. God called us to be wild in him, wild in Jesus Christ. Man, I, I love I really believe that. And uh, there's something about it, man. I don't want to be religious at all. I want to be off the hook, off the chain, without a leash. You know, the only restraint I want is the restraint of the Holy Ghost in my life. Other than that, man, I want to do me. How about you? Can you handle that? Can you handle Welcome to keeping it real. That's how we roll here. And so God is good. We just want to get right to, I guess we want to get to the Word of God, don't we? I want to welcome everybody here. Glad that you're here. Believe God to speak to your life. I know the timing. You know, the one thing about when you come to church, when you come to church, we should experience God. We should take him home with us, but I tell you one thing, when you come, you should feel his presence, and I appreciate the worship, you know, just a keyboard player and a singer, and the Holy Ghost came, comes down, man, and I just, I just love the simplicity of it. People, sometimes people come to our church, they go, this is keeping it real? What was you expecting? Something more lights, camera, and action, wasn't you? But this is us, raw, plain, and simple, and God is with us, and we appreciate him. Okay, man, I got a sermon. I used to title this thing. I had a, a, you know, I can't even write good sermons anymore. I can't because it's like it's all, it's all jangled up now. It's like I got too much I want to say. It's like things, it doesn't have to be pretty. I just want to get right to it, man. The word of God is alive and quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But at the same time, I try to give it some shape and form, you know. And like I said, when I'm studying and reading, you know, like I said, in thoughts and my mind is in different places, I, you know, like I said, I, so I, I have to have the ability to communicate what I studied, read, and prayed about or the revelation that I got. And so you roll with me. Have your brain on and your cell phones out or your iPads, or if you really got a Bible, use the Bible, and let's believe God to help us. And I went to, years ago, I preached, I wrote a message called No Mas, No Mas, and it was about quitting. It's about quitting, you know, and it was about this 
this boxer, man, he was a famous boxer, and, and in the middle of the fight, you know, he says, uh, you know, he says, no mas, no mas. He didn't, it was just such a surprise, and that, that was one of the things he was remembered by those words. He wouldn't come out and fight again because he, the other guy was putting a hurting on him, you know. And I was thinking about how a lot of times in, when it comes to living for God, it comes to life, you know, God's people will say no mas, which means no more for those of you who don't speak Spanish like me. And so uh, it says, uh, no, which I don't speak Spanish, but it's no, no mas, no mas, or just no more, you know. And that is a sad statement that would ever come out of a believer's mouth, that I quit, that I throw in the towel. I'm not going to live for God anymore. It, how about this? It's just too hard. It's just too hard. You got to roll with me today. And then we're going to, I got this, some scriptures we're going to read, but just think. And I want to make this statement before I even finish the rest of the message. The hardest thing in life that we will ever do will be us entering into our destiny, entering into what life has for us. The hardest thing, will, the hardest thing of living for God, how about this? will be us entering into our destiny, the destiny that God has for us as an individuals and as a church. The hardest thing. The Bible makes it very clear. I, I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is a gift of God. God gives us that. That is the grace of God. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. It was, it was done by Jesus Christ. He lived the life. He experienced the death. He rose again. He paid the price. He says, it's finished. Our faith and our belief in him is what saves us. You and I, repenting of our sins, believing in the Lord Je Jesus Christ, that is our salvation. It is a relationship thing. We stay connected with him. We walk with him, talk with him. We grow in him. Okay, that's, I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm not talking about your salvation. That's a given thing. That's not hard in itself because it's given to us. But our destiny, our purpose what God would have us to do, what we would desire to do, that is the hardest challenge we will ever have. It doesn't come by, by, by uh, just by kicking back and it being laid in our lap, whatever that is. It is, you know, every good thing in life has to be worked for. It has to be worked for. It's just a, a fact. I've just noticed that even as a pastor, I've been pastoring since 1986, my wife and I have been places, and we've done things, and, and said, but every city that we've ever went to to start a church or take over a struggling church, it was always a fight. It was always a battle. We were always contending. We were always pressing in. It, we were always on our knees. It always required us giving. It always required our faithfulness. There was something. We had a dream and a vision. There's something that we want to do, and it required everything that we are to obtain it. Are you with me? wasn't given to us. My wife was raised, she, she had, came from a broken home, broken family. I came from a broken home, broken family. I don't know if you notice, she's Mexican, I'm black. She, I, she's West Coast, I'm East Coast. I was a Marine, she was a high school student, right? There's a seven, eight, seven, you know, even though, you know, seven year gap in our age. So we have an age difference. And so we got married. Stuff was against us. Culture, life, everything, you know, was totally good. You know, let me tell you how bad, we'll tell you one time, 
my wife and I, we're pastoring. We're in New York. And she got so mad at me that she jumped out of the car. Not while the car is moving, but, you know, we stopped on traffic light, stop sign. She jumped out. She was so mad at me and walked and started walking. I was so mad at her, I pulled off and let her walk. But we've been married 35 years. (laughs) Come on now. What I'm trying to say is, yeah, we have a dream. We have a vision of family, of marriage, of life. And and this happened years ago. This didn't happen recent, folks. That was a while ago, a long time ago, in 1993, before you guys were even born, most of you. Okay, but nonetheless, what I'm saying, I said, here we are, we're, we're, we have a dream, we have a vision, we, we want a life, we have a marriage, we, we have a, a, an idea about our family, the direction we want to go. I know I want to be in this thing till death do us part, and she wants to be in this thing till death do us part. And, one of the, and in order to do that, it was going to require everything that we are, all our energy, all our strength, dying to ourselves. Growing, maturing, forgiving over and over again until we got what we wanted. It cost us. It cost us. It wasn't laid in our lap. We don't have reference points. And I did. We just, this is what we knew what we wanted. Are you following me? Hmm. Having prosperity. A lot of times requires education. You know that education is not easy. It has to be paid for, even though some people want to give it to us for free. Okay, it has to be paid for. A lot of times a student will work a job, right? Got responsibilities, work a job, go to school full time, you know? And and then if you got somebody that wants an education that already got children, already married, and now you want to better yourself, it's not going to be given to you. It is something that you have to hash out. It's something you have to pay for. It's something you labor for. It's something that's going to take time. You're going to miss out sleep. No mas, no mas. There's nothing in this life, not one good thing in this life that will come to us. Every now and then the stars align and the moons and the planets and something is dropped in our lap. But for the most part, it is a fight. It is a fight. And this is what I'd like to challenge you. I want to I want to speak to you along these lines because I, like I said, I'm reading the Word of God and I can't. And I'm looking at my own life and, like I said, and just start looking back and I said, man, it was a lot of good things that we've experienced and we've had, but everything was fought for. Can you guys roll with me, young people? Especially the young people. I really do want you to get a hold of this message. No mas, no mas. In Luke, and excuse me, in Colossians chapter four, fourteen. Just listen to this verse. It says, Luke, the beloved physician in Demas, greet you. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. He's writing a letter. It's in Colossians 4.14. talks about a man named Demas. Demas is not a lightweight. Demas is hanging out with Paul the Apostle. Listen to this one. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 23 to 24. Epaphras. My fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you, as do Mark, Aristocrus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. Demas is a high flyer. Demas is one of the, 
the fat cats in the church. He's a, he's a minister. He is a, he's on the cutting edge of what God is doing. He's, he's up to his neck in the things of God. And, 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 and Paul is speaking on his behalf. And, and they're all together. And, they're, yeah, they're paying a price. And they're going through some things. But, you know, and just in case you don't know, the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's it, his writings, his inspiration, the Holy Ghost working through him. And so these guys all hanging out together, doing things, doing the things of God together, it just shows. We don't hear much about these other guys, but he's mentioning them, and so they're all in it together. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, it says, Be diligent. This is, this is Paul writing again. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and departed for Thessalonica. Now, this man went from Paul, you know, pumping him up. He greets you. He's on the cutting edge. He's there. He's rolling with the punches. They're laboring for the things of God, praying for the sick, casting out devils, building churches, evangelizing cities. And, and, and that's all that's happening. And then in this run place here, Paul is at the end and he's writing to Timothy, his young disciple. And he is saying, he says, Timothy, I need you to come quickly. Demas has left me. He has forsaken me, having loved this present world. No mas, no mas. And it's easy to, you know, like I said, you think about what happened, what went down, what transpired. Why would you have someone who's, who's, who's wrapped up in the things of God? They've experienced God. They've been born again. Their lives have been touched and changed. They're not smoking dope anymore. They're not strung out on the pipe anymore, man. They're not chasing after the crystal anymore. They're not gangbanging. They're not in jail. Their lives, God has did a miracle. They're changed. They're born again. They're not what they used to be. Not only that, have their lives been personally touched and changed, but now they're involved in seeing other lives touched and changed. Other people born again. The same thing that happened in them is now happening in others. They're preaching and ministering the word, and God is anointing the word and moving before them, and they're having great success. Yes, they're being opposed, and, and, there's different, and they're going through persecution. And, and when you decide to do something for God, believe me, all the hell will come against you. Every time you make a right decision, a right choice, Choice, the devil's going to try to rise up and oppose you and test you on that decision. And no doubt about it, this is what they're going through. But he now at a part where Demas has left Paul. He says, he's out of here. He's gone. He's no longer around. He's done. Finish. With me, with God, with the things of the kingdom, and all I'll do, we don't know Demas' story. It doesn't explain. It doesn't say what's up. But I do know, and this is the translation of Reggie Green, he came to a place where he said, no mas. He came to a place where he didn't want to pay the price anymore. He it was a good thing he was involved in. He was going the right direction, but the, but the price was too much. Whatever that price was, was maybe it was temptation. What, maybe he couldn't handle uh, the bad things they were saying about the ministry and about him and about Paul. Paul's in jail, and, and when Paul says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is in a cell. For preaching, not for slinging coke or crack or running the streets and doing something stupid. He's in there for preaching the gospel. And yet, and these guys couldn't, maybe he couldn't handle that. 
But whatever it was, he came to a place in his walk with God, and he comes and he says, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm out of here. I can't handle the temptation. I can't handle the persecution. Oh, it's just too much of a hassle. And like I said, and I feel like I'm boxed in. And like it's just too restrictive. It's this, it's that. And here we are. Or maybe just that whole thing. He had a dream. He had a vision. But the fight it was going to take to see the vision, the dream fulfilled was just too much. And he wasn't willing to play anymore. Here's a quote that I use, man, I love this. I oughta, I oughta, I always say, you guys need to get this as a tattoo. This one right here, this is, this is put this on the wall, man. This, I like this. Just listen to me. Nothing can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with great talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent or all-powerful. And I go, I said, I, you know, I talk about pit bull Christianity, and I really mean that, man. Pit, I love that, that, just to me, that revelation, that truth of, of, of having the spirit and the attitude when it comes to our faith and our commitment to the Lord is one like a pit bull where we bite down and we do not let go. Doesn't that sound spiritual? It sounds good to me. You know what I mean? That's the kind of attitude, that's the way that we have to be in life because there's so many problems, there's so many things to shake us, so many things to move us. And if you're going to live for God, then you need to live for God. If we're going to believe Christ, then we need to believe Christ all the way to the very end. Can you say amen? I'm talking about a determination and a persistence. There's a lot of us here, and we might not have a lot of skills, a lot of talents, a lot of abilities. We might not be that pretty, that good-looking, or that sharp. But the one thing that we can have is determination and persistence. We can have that. We've made a decision to live for God. Give me give, give you a story here. The people of Israel, they get delivered from Egypt, which is a picture of salvation. God speaks to Moses. Moses is a type, a picture type of Jesus and sends him to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a picture or a type of the devil, okay? The people of Israel are in slavery in Egypt, and God used Moses, and Moses spoke great words, and, but it was also demonstrated and backed up with power and miracles, and you can read that in Exodus, and you can read that in the Old Testament, and wonderful stories, man, I, I love to read that. And so by God's great hand, he brings them out. You know the story they, they're, they're of the Red Sea. God splits the Red Sea for them, works an absolute miracle. They walk across on dry land, and the Egyptians, the Pharaoh, they're destroyed by the water, man. And the people are singing. They're celebrating. It's a great and a powerful thing. God was taking them someplace. If you ever hear the words promised land. It was a land that God promised to the people of Israel. It was a land, the Bible says, flowed with milk and honey. means it's lush, it's green, and, and it's got everything that they need. And God says, I'm going to take you there. I promise I'm going to do that. I'm delivering you from Egypt. I got a great destiny for you, a great purpose for you. And, but as like everything in life, there was giants in the land. And there was obstacles. And between deliverance, between Egypt and the promised land, it was this great vast space of life that they had to travel through. And 
In that time, they were tested. They were tried. It was hot. It was dry. They needed water. They needed food. They, they needed this. They needed that. God was with them every step of the way, but they whined and they cried and they complained about the leaders, about Moses. Uh, they complained about God. Man, they just, got, they just got whiny and more whiny all the way to the point God kept his word. He says, I brought them right up to the border of the promised land, and he was going to allow them to go in. Allow them to go in. It was the land that God said was theirs. But because of their unbelief and because of their lack of backbone, because of their lack of determination and persistence, and, and there's some giants in the land, and they're flipped out and freaked out about the problems, the obstacles, and the issues of life that they got to deal with, they go nomas. Imagine that. God wants to bless them. He brings them all the way up to the border. All they got to do is cross over. Yes, they're going to have to fight. Yes, they're going to have to duke it out. Yes, there's a price to pay. Yes, there. But God says, I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll move before you. I'll work miracles. But they still lost it and said, no mas. Bible says that God says, that's it. He says, you tested me. Ten different times. Ten different times. Imagine God counting the times that they're whining and failing. They're the, 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 the tests of faith. You know? He says, ten times you, you tried me. Ten times you did this. And now none of you are going to enter in. Because of your lack of faith, your lack of commitment, your lack of belief in me. God says, that's it. It's all be just, just imagine that because there was going to be some problems. You see, problems are a fact of life. Obstacles and things in life, it's not just given to us. Am I, can you guys relate to, am I talking to, to the pews or are you guys hearing me out? I'm telling you, I, like as long as I've been living, and it, you know, there's some people here been lo living longer than me, and I guarantee you, they would tell you the same thing. That every good thing requires requires choices. There's a price that we pay. You know, we will be tested in our faith. We'll be tested, man. Your marriage will be put to the test. You know what gets me when somebody said this. I heard some young people. A lot of times young people won't get married. That's a big phenomenon that's happening right now. They'd rather just shack up, make babies, and play house, and then split and go get somebody else when, they, when you have to work things through. Let me tell you something. Marriage, that ring and that paper, and before God and a minister, all that means something, man. That makes you have to stay. That means you have to work it out. You know, if you don't have no backbone, if you, you shouldn't get married, you don't even have kids, don't do that. If you can't handle it, don't do that. Save yourself, you know what I mean? Save yourself. Just be something. But don't, don't be a husband and don't be a wife if you're going to quit the first time some problems come up. Are you with me? I got off track on that one. It takes work. It takes work. It takes work. For every good thing that we want in life, it's going to take a persistence. You want to be a sports star? You want, okay, nothing wrong with that. There's a price to pay. You want to be a millionaire? There's a price to pay. Nothing wrong with that for you if you want to be, if that's your goal in life and this is what you want to do. You want to do certain things, believe me, but it's, it's not easy and you're going to have to be willing to be determined and persistent. Another good word 
for that is stubborn. See, we're stubborn in all the wrong areas. How about being stubborn in your faith? When everything, when all the hell comes against you and life comes against you, you, go, you can still make a stand on the promise and the word of God. No, I know what I'm feeling. I know what I'm seeing. But I ain't giving in because I believe God. That's a good stubborn. The devil's hollering at you. Life is hollering at you. Quit, give in, throw in the towel. Nothing good's going to happen to your life. Nothing's going to change. Why don't you just cut your throat, lay down on the carpet, and die? And you say, I'm not doing that. If I do die, I'm going down in style. I'm going down believing in Jesus. Can you say amen? I'm holding on to his word. I'm going to keep my faith. I'm going to keep my relationship with God good. Hmm. Jesus touched on this attitude, this spirit. And I said, and it is a spirit in people. And I love it. I want it to be the spirit of our church and, and each and every one of us. In Matthew eleven twelve, 12, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is being taken by storm, and the strong and forceful ones claim it for themselves eagerly. The kingdom of heaven is, what do you mean, the kingdom of heaven? Everything about the things of God. The kingdom of heaven, everything about Jesus' kingdom, God's king, everything is being taken by force. He's talking about people who are spiritually aggressive. He's talking about people with the pit bull type of faith. He's talking about people who don't yield easily. They don't quit. He says it's available. It's here. The blessing, the grace, the peace, the hope, the life, the joy, the marriage, the prosperity. He says it's all there. But those who receive it are those who are going after it. It's not like they're just waiting for something to be laid in their lap, but there's an appetite, there's a desire, there's a fire in their eyes about living, about life, about faith, about everything. Come on, church, are you with me? You see, that's what he said. He says, these are the ones who are getting it. He pointed that out, and so if he's saying that, then you, how should you and I be? We're sitting waiting for God to break us off a piece. God says, come get a piece. You're kicking and waiting for me to do it. He says, come get it. Come and get it. My niece called me up the other day. I talked to her because of her dad and I don't get along like we used to. All out of the blue calls me. And, uh, you know, in Yuma, in Yuma, Yuma, Arizona, I have, one, I have one rental property, my wife and I, and we rejoice in the fact that we got it. But she, she was, look, her and her husband are looking for a place to stay. And they wanted to know if I had a, a place available, you know. She thinks I got a bunch of them. There's only one. But she used the magic word. She said, Uncle Reggie. Oh, man. Dude, she didn't say Pastor Reggie. She says, Uncle Reggie. You know what I mean? That made me, oh, boy, whatever. Oh, man, I wish I would have just sold every, I would have did kicked the people that rent the house, kicked them out and put them in. I did everything I could because, you know what I mean? She, she, she called me. She asked me. They, they, man, I was so honored. I was moved by it. I wish I had, I would buy a house and here, live in it because you're coming to me. You ask me, 
He called me uncle. You see, I, 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 I don't think it's any different and even more so when we come to our Father in heaven. We're asking God to do things for us, man. What, it's like, what, you trusting me? You're believing me? You putting your hope in me? God responds to that. He responds to that. You're asking me to help you, to move for you in this situation, to work this miracle? You're, you're talking to me? And I believe God stops everything in the entire universe to give that person, that one that person who has a, have faith, that person that trusts God and you're leaning on him, you, you get his attention more than anyone. And he stops everything that he's doing to give you the attention and to minister to the need that you have, especially when you won't quit. Especially when you're not thrown in the towel, especially when all, like I said, everything has gone wrong, but you're still holding to him and it's like it got... You got God's attention. You got God's attention instead of whining and crying and, and fussing at God about this and he didn't do that. And I don't know if I'm going to make it anymore. Pastor, if one more thing happens, I'm going down. You shouldn't say that to me because I ain't right. <laughs> okay. I hope that one more thing happens. Let's see what you really do, what you're really made of. It's about my response, you know, we'll see if you got the goods or not. When you're not whining and crying and your faith, your confidence is in him, man, that's a powerful and an awesome thing. Oh, God, do we, have, we got anybody in here like that? Give the Lord a clap offering, church, come on. Mm. Oh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8, Jesus once again, hey, here he is giving the secrets. He's giving the keys to the kingdom. He says, Ask, and you will be given what you ask for. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. And if only you will knock, the door will be open. This is Jesus giving you the secret. He says, this is how you get down first. This is how it rolls in life. He's making it plain to us. He says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I'm going to lay it on my people how it works. <clears throat> I can change the subject here a little bit or at least go on to the next point. Starting is one thing, finishing is another. Starting, I, I, you know, my mom bought me a guitar when I was a kid. I wanted to play the guitar. I did. I had, man, I, had a, I don't even know what brand it was, but I, I wanted to play. Took a couple lessons. I used to get on the bus, go downtown. Fifteen dollars for thirty minutes. A guy would teach me. Seven dollars. Seven dollars for fifteen minutes. That's a long time ago. I still can't play the guitar. Only reason, I didn't press in. I didn't press in. It's like I kind of lost interest in it. My mom bought me a weight set because I wanted a weight set. It's a 115-pound weight set. That was more than what I weighed when, I, when she got it because I wanted muscles. I was all skinny, sucked up. I was 148 pounds when I went in the Marine Corps. I think 148. 
And I lift it and lift it. I'm still skinny. I'm fatter, but I'm still skinny. Why? Because I wasn't into it. This guy over here, you know, lifting tractors and stuff. I wanted to learn Spanish. I bought different courses. Babel was my last one, the app Babel. I got time. I can do it. Still can only say tacos, burritos, enchiladas. Tengo hambre. Orderly homes. Tuki tries to say. Can't speak Spanish. Wasn't willing to pay the price. Didn't pay the price. Wouldn't continue, wouldn't push. I start out good. It's one thing to start. It's another thing to finish. We can have good intentions. Yep, it's good serving the Lord. Yes! People of Israel coming out of Egypt. Yeah! Manna from heaven. Yes! Water from a rock. Yes! Promised land. Yes! Paying a price and contending for all this? No. God, we want you to just give it to us. Why don't you just give it to us? Why do we have to fight for it? Why, what's, what's up with that? I don't, you know, so when I, I don't get it. A lot of it I don't. I, but, and then I do. I would like God, how come God doesn't just make it easy for our church? You know? Why didn't he just make it easy for me? God, I love people. I'll lay down my life for people. I'll spend my money. God, I want to see people saved. It ain't. I figured it, man. Okay, Reg, let's do this. But it doesn't work like that for whatever reason. You know, I'm sure God is wise and he's got it nailed down how it's supposed to go. You know, but it doesn't, it's not just laid in, in a person's lap. It's not just laid in our lap. Can you handle that? Here's another thought. You ready? Here's one of the big problems with God's people. Just because it's, when, we, when something is hard, we think it's not God. Because it's hard, it's not God. That don't even make any sense. Like I said, the people, yes, it was hard. Salvation was free. Entering into their destiny was another thing. God says, I'm with you, I got your back, but it's going to be hard. But I got you. You know? You're trying to, you have a vision and a, a dream for your life, for your family, a way you want to go. God says, I got you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to work with you. But there's going to be some work to do. It's not just going to be laid in your lap. You want a wonderful marriage? Like I said, I don't know about you. I was probably the second, my wife and I, I think we were probably the first between the two families to be married. You know, and to be married for 35 years now, you know. But what I'm, what I'm saying, but it, like I said, we, it was duked out, worked out over and over again. Wasn't just laid in our lap. It wasn't just given to, are you with me? Come on now. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. You, you run into some obstacles and some problems in your marriage and all of a sudden you're done, you're finished. Why? Because it's hard. What? 
I watch my language. <clears throat> I do have, I don't, I don't cuss or nothing, but it makes you think like I'm cussing, you know, but I'm not. It's just, what the heck is wrong with you? That you think that the marriage is over because now it takes work. Mm, come on now. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. It's like, you know, or, or start a job, and the job was wonderful, you applied for it, and then you get there, and it's not what you think, but nonetheless, it's a good job, it's paying good, but, but I don't know, uh, they don't give you enough, I, I don't know who knows what the issue is, but because it's hard now, you don't want to stay there? Okay? You give your life to Jesus? That was a good choice. How many believe that was a good choice? Best choice you ever made. And now you run into some trials and temptations? and some obstacles and some problems, and all of a sudden, living for God is not the right thing to do? What the heck is wrong with you? What's wrong with us? My wife, we started, we, the very first church we'd go out to pastor. In 1986, of September, Bakersfield, I got a dream, I got a vision, I got a rider truck, and ain't nothing in that ride, huge. They, give, they didn't have the small one, all they had was a big one. You know what was in there? A, full, uh, a hideaway bed couch and some boxes. That's all, because that's all my wife and I had. And we're off to pastor a church in Bakersfield, leaving Arizona. You know, we get up there, and man, we're just six ladies, welfare mamas and their babies, and, and the dads are in jail, and, and I got a dream and a vision, man. Let's do this thing, you know, and, and I'm laying it down. Let's go. I'm in the streets. I'm telling people about Christ, and, man, we're having prayer meetings. We're going through the, oh, man, we're believing God for a revival. My wife, okay, we're going to have a baby. Viola gets sick. Viola gets pregnant and gets sick. I don't have any money. I'm making $7.10 an hour. You know what I mean? Working, pastoring the church plus working the job, and she's sick, and I'm praying for people at church, they're getting healed, but my wife is not getting healed. The medication is expensive. I mean, it, you know, I can go on this whole sad story. It's no sad. It, was, it turned out good, but um, this ain't what I signed up for. But it was there. It was, I, I'd actually say that would be my reference point for this message here. I made a choice. It was a good choice. Now it's hard. My wife is sick and the church is empty and money and, and all, all around. There's stuff happening. And yet I'm right where God wants me to be. Mm, come on now. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. God is working, molding, shaping I'm getting backbone. I'm learning not to whine. I'm learning to have faith, uh, to trust God, to believe God, even when everything around me says just throw in the towel and quit and say no mas. What's going on in your life right now? And because it's happening, you're ready to quit. What's happening? What's going on? What's up? What's really going on? Why you want to quit? Because of what? And so for that reason, it's worth throwing her away, throwing him away. It's worth turning your back on God. It's worth packing up, quitting your job. It's worth, come on. Where maybe if you just had, just roll with me, because we have to have backbone in this life. 
Would you agree? It ain't easy living in Southern California. It ain't easy. But we do what we have to do to live and survive. It's not easy raising children. But we do what we have to do to raise our children. We're there day in and day out and faithful and covering them and protecting them. You know what I mean? And, 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 cre and, and investing in them. And this is what we do. Backbone, integrity, and being a parent, being a husband, being a wife. You got a rough time, you're going through a shaky time, work it out. Stop pointing fingers, man. Get on the same page. Be a team. Don't be a blockhead. These things work. Especially that block not being a blockhead thing. But we learn and we develop and we get strength and we develop integrity. We, we, we hash out a genuine relationship with the Lord. Either this is real or it's not. Either his word and his promises are real or they're not. And so we begin to hash it out. God, you said it. I'm, I'm, that's, this is what I want. God, this is what I believe. I'm not moving. I'm not budging. I'm not running. I'm not hiding. And God says, I like that. See, it's more to it than just God just doing what we want done. There's other things. He's got big things in mind in us and, and, and through us and for us. Mm. The only real failure in the kingdom of God or in life is you quitting. I can handle you failing. Oh, Pastor, I failed. You ever come to me? Anybody here ever failed and came to me? <laughs> I'll give you a preview. Okay, get up, get your trash together because I need you. I might have a few other things to say in there, but basically it comes down to, okay, let's get this stuff together and you get back in action because people are depending on you. We got to fix this, do this, you know, and so many words. I'm a little, it's a little bigger and larger, but you can condense it to that. Instead of, I failed, I can't go on anymore. Dude, on the streets, you were bad. You didn't run from nobody. You didn't take no lip from everybody. You was ready to, I know women who were ready to fight at the, when I pulled up to a traffic light one time. My wife looked out there, and this is when we first got married, and it was two girls standing on the corner. She says, look at them, they think they're cute. I'll jump out of this car and kick their butt and nothing flat. She's a little, she's, she's a little cholita. She's a little wannabe at the time, you know. I said, Viola. See, so you guys found out something about the angel in the back who, who prophesies and gives these amazing words from God and make you go, whoa. Yeah, well, she's no different then. Come on now. Mm, come on now. What was that point? What was the point? <laughs> yeah, you don't run from nobody, but now that you're living for God, Quitting? You, you even think or imagine quitting? Are you going to let the devil beat up on you and you're going to let life beat up on you? What happened to you? You see, that fighting spirit is still needed in the kingdom. That fighting spirit is needed in, in, in the thing. Not, we don't fight each other, man, but we're fighting against, we don't fight against flesh and blood, the Bible says, but we are definitely fighting against an enemy who ain't planned. 
spiritual wickedness and darkness and things is happening behind the scenes. And, and that's where our real fight is, man. And when the devil is beating up on you, why don't you hit him back? Hit him back. Come to church. Bring somebody with you. The devil, I'll show you. I'm going to tell a bunch of people about Jesus. Every time you make me mad, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. Every time you do something, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on my knees. I'm going to start praying and worshiping God. Every time. Every time. Listen, I, got, I know I got to finish. I'm, I'm almost there. But listen to this. This, this scripture, and I, like, I got to do it. In the, this is the voice I like doing it in. When I'm, somebody got mad at me. They said, I'm mocking whiners. I'll always mock whiners. I'm sorry. Roll with me. They're not in the church anymore. I think I drove them out. But the people of Israel, they get to the promised land. They're there. They hear that there's giants in the land. They hear, yep, it, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a beautiful place. They're, you know, the people came back with a report. They went and spied out the land. And then they go there. Because they, all they can hear is giants, which means problems. Giants, giants. And also, the people who came, the guys who came back with the report, they, their hearts weren't right with God either. Only two, only two out of the 12 saw it like, they, they're, they, yes, we can do this. We can do it. Let's do it right now. The other 10, you know, okay, listen. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, the pastor, and against the assistant pastor. <laughs> and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. It's better that we were back in the world. It was better that we were back at the bars. Yeah, we were addicted and strung out and miserable, but at least, mm, come on now, at least what? You know, here it is. Like You made a choice. You made a decision to go for God. It's a good decision. You made a decision. You know the future. It's good. Light was on. It was clear. The Holy Spirit helped you in making your choices, making your decisions. You said yes. You stood before an altar, before a pastor, uh, before a judge. You exchanged the vows. You put on the rings. You signed the paper, man. What a beautiful thing. And now, you know, all of a sudden, now you want to change your mind because there's some obstacles. There's some problems. You, you came to the church. Oh, man, I love this church. I love the worship, and I like the pastor, and, and hey, he's so funny in the way he preaches, and, and I like this, and I like that, and then you, you stay for a while, and then you really get to see how we are, which you thought we were angelic and walked on water, but we're just a little bit less than angelic, and you're not really going for that, and so you have to go somewhere else because you have to work out some issues. Hmm. Happens all the time. True character is revealed when you come face to face with adversity. The real you comes out. The real us when we're under the gun. When we're under the gun. Anybody can say praise the Lord when everything is going good. Let the stuff hit the fan in your life. The real, if you're still praising and worshiping God when things aren't going good, you got the goods. You know you're the real deal. 
you know that you're the real deal. Mm. Oh, man. Let's, 1 Corinthians 18, 13. Keep your eyes open for spiritual danger. Stand true to the Lord. Act like men. Whoo, come on. That's a good one. Act like men. It was a time when men were men. You know what I mean? God help us. Dude, stay out of the mirror. You don't have to spend as much time in there. You don't have to be as pretty as you think everybody, you think that you need to be. What you are in the inside means more than anything. Can you work a job? Can you punch a clock? Can you provide for your wife and your kids? Can you be faithful day in and day out? Can you get them to believe in your dream and follow you pursuing it? You know what I mean? I ain't talking about being a rapper either. <laughs> 30 years old, you're still trying to break into the industry. You're 30 years old and you ain't hit it, guess what? You ain't. It's time to go to McDonald's or In-N-Out and do what you need to do. Mm. Okay, I got to stop, man. I, this is done. I'm done. I sit around and think of this stuff all day. <laughs> but do you, do you, can you feel me? Do you feel me? We need people. God, God needs people who can take the world for Jesus. The world needs to see people who can walk a straight line. People who can be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You know what I mean? The world people, like I said, they need to see someone, you know, we give people hope by our lifestyle, by our faithfulness to God. And, and like I said, and our faithfulness is going to be shaken. Our faithfulness is going to be tested because so many people reference off of us, reference off of you. They look at you. They may not, not even in church, but they know who you are. They know the decisions that you made. And sometimes they just want to see if you're really real. If you're going to stick it out, you know what I mean? They want to know that something's real, man. You'd be surprised who we are and, and the effect that we have in other people's lives. People are so desperate for something real. I ain't talking about a fake church or a fake Christianity or some religion, man. People need to experience God and they need to be around genuine people of God. Genuine people of God. And you and I, and it's going to cost us to be that people. In every arena, every person here, you're going to have to pay a price. Not for your salvation, but you're going to pay a price for your destiny. The devil's going to come, he's going to say, yeah, yeah, you really mean that? Let's see how much you mean that. You know, and there's so much on the line. Our kids watch us. You know, they look at us, man. They, they you know, and it's weird to, when you're going through a hard time, they need to see your faith. They need to see your commitment, your love, and your trust in Jesus Christ. You know, they don't need to see you flipping it out and, you know, no, they need to see, they, they really, they, they're wondering too, is God really real? And they're looking at mom, they're looking at dad. They come to church, they look at us, they hear what I'm preaching, and then they look at you. 
You know what I mean? You want, them to, you want it to line up. You want the word of God to line up. Not so much when I'm preaching, but you want the word of God, your life and the word of God to line up. Are you with me? The church needs you. When I say the church, God's church, the church. Not just this individual church, the church. The San Fernando Valley needs you. It needs you, needs us, the people of God. And so for that reason, we should be willing to do what we have to do to be what we need to be. The light shining in the darkness, the salt of the earth, the pillar of truth. Hallelujah. Come on now. In the words, when we speak the words, we should have a lifestyle that backs it up. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Reverence to the Most High God. God is good to us. David said, it was good that I was afflicted. You can read it in the Psalms. Man, what's up with this cycle? It was good. It was after he went through it. It was after he went through the time, man, that, that tough time, that rough time in life, and he looked back and he could see what these hard times produced in him, how it strengthened him, how it got him closer to God, how he developed backbone and integrity, and like I said, he, his emotions weren't so whacked out and his feelings weren't up and down, man. He had real stability in his life because he passed some tests. He went through the fire and he came out and he didn't get burnt. And you and I need to be, we need to follow in those same footsteps. And every person here, every one of us, we're going to go through things in life. And like I said, and we, and like I said there's times when it's, life is good and wonderful and other times it's dry. And sometimes we can go through some real harsh times and sickness and, and, and you know, people passing away or different family decisions and things affect us. But all in all. All in all, we need to keep our relationship with Jesus Christ intact. We need to stay faithful to God for our own sake and for the sake of others. Hallelujah. I look back after all the things that my wife and I have ever been through, we don't regret any of it. Bakersfield, <laughs> the sickness, I mean, the stuff, the trials, money, lack of money, you know, different things that have happened, man, we look at it, it was all good for us as, as individuals and a couple. And it actually affected my kids. And they saw us live for God. They saw us day in and day out. They seen. Hallelujah. Let's make some choices right now, right where we are. Let's, let's bite down by faith. Bite down on our commitment to God. Make a decision. We're not going to be shaken. We're not going to be moved. Hallelujah. No matter what happens, can you say it? Say it, say it to the Lord in your own words right now. God, no matter what, I'm going to be faithful. Hallelujah. Father, help us in this place today. Talk to the Lord right now. Come on, church. About who you are and where you are. Think about right now your relationship with the Lord. Do you have a relationship with him? Do you have the type of mindset and attitude that says, God, I don't care what everybody else does. I'm with you. I'm with you. 
no matter what. That is the attitude and the spirit we have to have. So when the devil, all the hell comes against us, and the devil says, nothing's going to work out, nothing's going to change, nothing's going to be different. Why don't you just quit? And you, you answer the devil right back. If nothing else changes in my life, I don't care. I'm holding on to God. I got him. I got Christ. I got him. And I ain't letting him go no matter what. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your ministry here today. Lord, help us to put our roots deep in you. Help us that we would cling to you, my God. We would cling to you. We would hold on to you. You're worthy of our faith. You are worthy of our hope. You are worthy of our expectation. We set our affections on you. You are our desire, Lord. Hallelujah. Not the world. Not the things of the world. God, you, you animate our being. You satisfy our soul. You raise us from the dead. You heal our bodies. You heal our mind, our spirit. God, where are we going to go if we leave you? Where are we going to go? There's not another person in life who has done this for us. There's not a drink that we have ever drank that has brought satisfaction to our soul like the living water you give. You are the bread that comes down from heaven. Hallelujah. God, we're grateful and we appreciate everything that you've done for us and all that you're doing for us, Lord. Thank you. You are our hope. We look to you for deliverance and for salvation. We look to you for miracles and transformation, my God. I pray right now you would bless every couple here, every married couple, Lord. You would strengthen every marriage, my God, every family by your grace, by your love, by your word, Lord. You would surround us, Lord God, and protect us from the attacks and the assaults of the enemy of our soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray for every person here that's going through a hard time, a rough time, emotionally and mentally and physically, Lord God. You would bring comfort. You would confirm to each and every one of us, Lord, that you have not forgotten us, Lord, but you're on our side, that you're with us, and you got us covered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place this afternoon, if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, if you don't know God, that, that's a rough, that, that's, that's hard to, to fathom. That's, that's rough for anybody. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that is not the way life was meant to be. You are working on mysteries without any clues. You're groping in the darkness trying to figure things out. Jesus says he is the light that lights every person that comes into the world. Without the light of Christ in your life, you'll never see things the way you should see them. You won't. 
The Bible talks about us groping in darkness. It talks about, you know, we were once in darkness. And, and, and so children of God, born-again believers, we've been translated, trans, tr we've been moved into the light. We got a clue. We're woke, spiritually woke. God wants to help you today. If you don't know Jesus, man, the, the things that blinds us, that blinds a person is sin. Jesus Christ died for your sin. He wants to wash away your sin. He wants to forgive you of your sin. But you're going to have to accept him as your savior. You have to accept him. If you do, he'll change your life. So every, every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. If you don't know God in a personal way, you want to give your life to Jesus, would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Say, that's, God, that, that's, that's me. Would you pray for me, Pastor? Anyone here? You don't know God in a personal way. God wants to touch your life. He really does. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He lets us start over. It's called being born again. Would you slip your hand up? Okay. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. We're going to take some time and let the Lord God help us. You can pray in your seats. You can stand and worship. But let God have his way in your life today. May, I hope that you've made some good choices, good decisions right where you are, decisions that would determine your destiny. Let's fight for what we know is a good thing to fight for. Let's continue. Just because it's hard, we're not going to quit. Just because it's hard, we're going to continue to press in knowing that God is with us. God says, yep, there's some giants. The land is yours. I promise you that. But there's some giants in the land. Fight the giants. I'll be with you. I got your back in this. You're not going to lose. That's the way we need to look at life. Lots of obstacles, lots of problems. But we're not going to quit just because it's hard. Hallelujah. Let's, let's get what God has set aside for us. Let's believe the Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. For more information about our church, visit kirchurch.com or follow us on Instagram at kirchurch.com.